Ready 100. Let's do it. Uh, you are listening to WBH Radio. I am your host, William Holly. It is my pleasure to welcome back the executive director of the Public School Athletic League, Mr. Ray Haskins. Coach, how you doing? Coach, thank you for having me. Uh, we appreciate you being here. Uh, last time you were here, you shared some very important news. Uh, you discussed how the PSAL had uh, was planning on realigning the basketball division, eliminating the AA class. Uh, some of the reasons for this is because uh, you and your staff thought uh, too many of the kids in the city just wanted to play for six schools, kind of like eliminate some of the classism, uh, reignite some of the the uh, rivalries in the city that had been lost with the creation of the AA class. Okay, you broke that news here. And then after the podcast, us coaches, families, students, athletes, we, we waited for these new divisions to come out. We, we started to see it rolled out on the website. And then word got around that the, the realignment was not going to be able to go through. And then we saw the, 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 the uh, divisions that were rolled out undone. Basically going back to the traditional setting of a double A, A division, and a B. Mr. Ray Haskins, what happened? Well, I, I truly have to say is that um, I don't think we did a good enough job explaining exactly what was going to happen. A lot of people were confused and didn't have the understanding that they should. And when things like that happen, that comes from the messenger. Okay. Because the message that they were hearing, uh, what you just repeated, that it was not going to be any double A. And that, that's not how it was designed. The way it was designed was to go back to the areas, neighborhood areas, community areas, community leagues, community competition, mm -hmm. build up the culture, uh, build up the passion. Because basically in school communities, everybody knows everybody in the hood. Yes. I may go to... Uh, South Shore, and you, uh, you, my friend goes to Jefferson, but we live on the same block. Right. So what happened was with that and what the, the the plan was to go back to a play league format, which would have consisted of various teams who were so-called double-A, because all teams are not double-A. They're only in name, right. but not in uh, talent or they're just not double-A. Right. So it was designed to have, first to have the leagues go double-A, go to A and B. At the end of the season, we would have what we call the boroughs, where we take the best teams from the A, the B, and put them in a borough playoff for a borough championship. Yes, sir. After the boroughs, we were going to go to the seeding, where we would have playoffs for double-A, for A, and for B. So people got mixed up in the translation. They didn't understand that double A wasn't going away. Double A was going to be there. Very much like the NCAA tournament. Hold on, Mr. Has That was something that uh, we thought there was just going to be like an A playoff. And after the championship game, that winner was going to represent the state in the double A division. No? No. No. That, that, that wasn't. 
and that's why I say we didn't do a good enough job explaining it to people. Okay. You know, so we we had a lot of basketball people, a lot of people who are who they are because of basketball. Yes. And we didn't do a good enough job articulating the fact that 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 was the format. Okay. Where did you face resistance? Is this from the coaches, the parents? Who, well, who believe, pushed back? The pushback came from uh, a couple of double A teams, girls teams. Mm-hmm. And when you really look at the situation, we, we had about 40 double A boys teams all over the city. So we had so many that in each borough we had a double A league. But in girls, they only had 10. So you had one double A in the Bronx. One team in the Bronx. Everybody had to go play them, make that journey up to the Bronx. Brooklyn schools, Queens schools, everybody had to go Everybody there. for girls. Wow. We had two double-A in Manhattan. So that's another long trips. We had two double-A in Queens. Right. And then we had five double-A in Brooklyn. So that's a total of ten teams. So imagine the Truman team. The Truman team had to go all over the city. Right. And... Remember, our games basically start at 5 o'clock. So it, it would make sense that they would want to see the kind of double-A division eliminated so they can play against some of their local schools. So why, why do you think they, they pushed back? Well, one of the reasons why they pushed back, and you should understand this because you're a coach, is that that is, even though we are not allowed to recruit, that is a recruiting incentive. Incentive, uh, recruiting carrot yeah. incentive, incentive. Yes, recruiting incentive. Where you tell students, man, double A, you playing double A. We play at the Garden, or we play at Barclays at the end of the season. Right. A don't doesn't play there. The B's don't play there, right. and that's how kids on really good double A teams they wind up transferring. I mean, A teams they wind up transferring to the double A. Right. So when, when things like that happen, kids, they everybody wants to go to the right. best. And if I'm not mistaken, is that one of the reasons you guys wanted to kind of remove the AA class to remove that classism, remove that recruiting carrot? That that was one of the reasons. But uh, one of the things I like to look at look at the parallel because of, we're athletes, student athletes. Mm-hmm. So with student athletes, with that in mind, if we had that same philosophy, then Students would be transferring to transfer in your school, want to go to Brooklyn Tech, want to go to Stuyvesant, right. want to go to Midwood, want to go to those great schools with great academic programs. Right. So in reverse, they want to go to great programs that have, you know, great right. tradition. Right. Like at, at one particular time, uh, Lincoln was a place where you had – Student athletes transferring. I remember one time we had this really great player who went on to do great things in, in, in at St. John's. He transferred from Canarsie in his senior year to Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And he made Lincoln a short championship team. And Canarsie, they, 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 they were very competitive, and they had an opportunity if things broke right, if he had stayed there, they would have competed for right. the championship. So, But 
oftentimes you could just take one player, whether it's B, C, D, I don't care what level. One player makes the difference. He doesn't have to be the best player. Right. But he has he's that player that brings everybody together, that makes everyone else better and make everyone else competitive and feel good about themselves. Walk me through, I guess, the timeline. After the podcast, you guys started to roll out the divisions, which were eight teams now sprinkled in with the traditional double A teams. We were all in one batch. Mm-hmm. And then walk me, what happened after that? What, what led to the undoing of that work? Well, believe it or not, schedules came out late, right? Mm-hmm. But we had schedules a month and a half ready to roll out. Mm-hmm. So uh, contrary to a lot of people's belief, I'm the executive director of the PSAL. Yes, sir. But I have a lot of people that come in and interject, you know, that I, that I report to, that interject. And really, to be truthful, they don't understand that the dynamics of uh, inner city, urban uh, sports. Period. Right. So uh, they react to things they shouldn't react to. Like uh, as a as a coach, uh, it was said that we didn't communicate with everyone, but we did. We communicated with the coaches. We communicated with the athletic directors. Mm-hmm. Uh, about the change, and we gave everyone a choice. So, like, in girls, back to girls, we had one team in the last two years, they were 1 and 35. Yikes. And they were double A, mm-hmm. and they had to go all over the city. Mm-hmm. What, what, what could that do? What, what could that do with, with those players on that team? And oh, that one in thirty-four team. You you thought it was in their best interest to kind of eliminate the double A and, and of be- course, of course, come back to the pack, regroup. See, this is one of the problems that we're having in this city. The PSL only services one third of the student athletes in the city of New York. What happens to elementary school? student athletes, what happens to middle school. Mm-hmm. And those were the developmental programs. One of the reasons why our girls, I believe, why our girls' programs suffer so much is because we don't have elementary school or middle school sports to build up. At one time in this city, we had so many developmental programs, people didn't understand that they were developmental. We had housing authority. Mm-hmm. They ran tournaments. Parks Department, they ran tournaments. PAL, they ran tournaments. Mm -hmm. So we had tournaments, we had competitions all over the city, and we started student-athletes at a very young age. Now we're lucky if coming into high school, these these student-athletes have any kind of experience at all. Sometimes they get to high school and playing basketball or playing a sport is the first time ever. Right, right. That's interesting. I, I never thought about that. The PAL, uh, excuse me, the PSAL only services one third of the student athletes in the city and that, that's at the high school level, not the junior high school or elementary level. But I want th- this realignment, this is interesting because when it first came out, I assumed the resistance would come from the A division, which is, Considered the lower division. I would, I, I thought the resistance would come from 
from that group because you now have the double A juggernauts now coming down. But what you're saying is that you kind of received a lot of resistance from the double A groups because they wanted to hold on to their class, that recruiting carry. Well, we had to, we did a better job explaining it to the A's. Okay. Because they wanted to know at the end of the year, would they be able to compete for a city championship? Yes. For a state championship? And the answer was yes. Why? Because we removed the double A's from their playoffs. Mm-hmm. Remember? We would have a double A playoff, then we have an A playoff, and then we have a B playoff. Mm-hmm. Now, if an A team chose to go in the double A playoffs, they could. You could go up. Mm-hmm. A B team could go up to A. But a double A team couldn't come down and play in the A playoffs or mm-hmm. play in the B playoffs, which was important. So we did a better job explaining it to the A's because they were the target group because we knew we had to explain it to them. But we didn't do a good enough job explaining it to the double A's. Okay. So we got that resistance. And, and, and now we're faced with we couldn't force uh, Paul Robeson girls to play in the double A. They didn't want to play in the double A. Okay. So they withdrew. Withdrew from? From the double A. Okay. They, they said, no, we're not playing. Uh, Manhattan Center, no, we're not playing. So now, to, to make a long story short, we only have five girls double A. So we can only mandate them to, because of the double A to play double A's. We can't mandate A's to play double A. Okay. So now... They're at a quandary because they really don't have enough games. And if you understand, PSL pays for all league games. Yes. So, And most schools run into a struggle with the non-league. And if you don't have a good principal, if you don't have a principal that has an understanding of how important sports are and what they mean, a lot of people – miss out on understanding, you know, that sports is the means to an end, but not the end itself. Right. And one thing in particular, uh, I was at a basketball, uh, HBCU basketball event up at City College about maybe two, three weeks ago, and they were honoring all-time great, one of 50 greatest players, Earl Monroe. Earl of Pearl, former New York Knick. So I know Earl quite a, a, a while. And I saw him and greeted him. And we were with other people. And I said to her, I said, Earl, I understand you have a school up in the Bronx. It's a sports school that deals with sports. And uh, I said, you know, uh, come by and, and talk to you. Maybe we could talk about you getting some teams for the PSL. And Earl said to me, he said, nah, we ain't worried about that. That kind of like threw me back. For sure. Because I'm saying you Earl Monroe because you play basketball. Yes. You have that school because you play basketball. And you are the dream where every kid has who wants to go on and be a great star NBA. Yes. But I'm that dream too. I played basketball, but I didn't go as far as you. But I, I completed my dream and because I completed my dream, my six daughters completed theirs. Yes. They didn't play any sports, but they went to college. I went to college to play basketball. And because I wanted to play basketball, I had to maintain an eligibility. You had to be eligible 
right. to play. And at the end of four years, lo and behold, I had a degree. So now I make a choice. Do I want to take my degree and make money right away, or do I still want to chase the dream and play basketball? Mm-hmm. Well, I had an option of either going overseas to play basketball, not NBA, right. or taking a fellowship to Montclair State College for a free master's. Mm-hmm. I took the fellowship. Yes. I went right in and got my master's. But I really wanted to say, Earl, what the hell? Why would you say something like that? But it wasn't a pro- was an appropriate time. Right. So hopefully I'll, I'll see him and we'll have a conversation. And I'll, say, I'll try to make him remember, yeah, you here mm. because of that. Well, a lot of his, kids, his school is a charter school. It, yeah, we have charter schools. And he doesn't play. want to be a part of PSL right now. No, he doesn't want sports. He uh, said that's not important. Right. Wasn't that he wasn't? It's not sports are not important. How do you have a sports school right. that you're going to teach other aspects of the sport business, sporting business? You know about being agents, or, uh, doing statistics, yeah. or all those kind of coaching, all those kind of things, but without you, having teams themselves. Yeah. For for examples, for you to deal with, they're they're, they're right there. So you know. That was that was my quandary about that. Okay, I, I would assume at the as an executive director of the largest uh, public school athletic league in, in the country, like the people that you answer to are pretty high up. You know how how aware was the chancellor David C. Banks and the mayor Eric Adams? How aware were they of the plan to uh, realign the PSL basketball division? Um. From my communications with, with uh, I communicated with, with with my chief. Who's that? Mark Ramsong. Okay. And let, let's understand this. We are in a very very great time in New York City where we have great leadership. We have Eric Adams as the mayor, David Banks as the chancellor. We have a great uh, police commissioner, uh, Kashan uh, Sewell, who I met the other day out in Brownsville, giving out dinners for for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And the mere fact that they are people of color that are in very important positions is not the most important thing. The most important thing about these people is their stories. How they got to where they got. Uh, I remember Eric Adams as a beat cop. Wow. And when he went to school, he wasn't the best of students. You could see he was always bright, but he wasn't always focused like that. And did you know that our Chancellor David Banks was a school safety officer? He started as a school safety officer. Well, I was doing a little preparation for this podcast. I learned it in preparation, but I didn't know before yeah. that, yes. Yeah, he, he was he was school, school safety. safety. Yeah, he So started. he came from the bottom to the top. Yes, sir. So all those people have great passions. Um, the the police commissioner, she came from projects, Queensbridge projects out in, 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 in Long Island City. All these people have stories, and it's important for them to tell their stories so that our student-athletes could see, you did that. I live in the projects. I came from a, a broken home. Right. So if you could do it, I could do it. Right. That's why 
their stories are more important than, than their positions. Wow. So uh, that's the story of, of the city. That's the story we, we want to tell. And they want what's best for what we're doing. Uh, I probably should have communicated more to them about what my ideas are and where we're going to go. With the mayor and the, the chancellor? Have you had interactions with those two? N- never with the mayor. Okay. But with the chancellor? The chancellor, I, I would see him from time to time. But this guy, he has a million things to do. But this is what my, this is what my thought was when I became the executive director, that I could be a difference maker. For sure. And I, I, I would like to be considered as that guy. I'm an expert in this. I've done, as a, as a college student, I showed leadership ability because I was director of the intramural program at my school. That was wow. my, that was my work-study job, wow. running the intramurals for, for the entire university. And that's one thing. You talk about the police commissioner, the, the mayor, and the chancellor. You talk about their stories. Well, I'm going to talk about yours. And that's why I was excited. The PSL executive director... You were in these same high schools. You won that, that, that city championship that all of us are after. You went on to coach the Division I program in your very backyard at LIU. So you are somebody that has done a lot in the city, and that's why I was excited about you being in this position. And it, it's, it's unfortunate that your vision wasn't able to come to fruition. You know, how, how frustrating was that? It's very frustrating and it's still frustrating because problems that come up in my office and I have the title of executive director, but I got people in the office who don't even report to me. Like our all access program. We had a kid. I'm unfamiliar with that program, sir. The all access program was the program, the offshoot of a suit against the, the, the Department of Education about not providing teams and act, and and activities for those small schools those new schools who don't have aren't part of the PSL they have student athletes and they, they don't have teams okay to give them obstacles. so the all access if they don't have a team in their school they can apply to to play for if you want to play basketball let's say you uh, you went with tomorrow and you wanted to play basketball mm-hmm. and the school in your district was Midwood right then you would be able to go and try out for the team at Midwood. Wow. But this, this is one of the problems that we have, and, 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 and too often we have this problem. A uh, young man wanted to be in the all-access program at Boys and Girls High School, fill out an application for the winter sport, and he filled out the wrong application. Mm-hmm. So that's, a, that's things that happen. It's a mistake as a child. So we tell them, we tell the kid, well, too bad. Try again next year. Right. That shouldn't be. That shouldn't be us. We shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be able to say that. Right. We should be able to say, here, well, take this application, fill it. Let's fix it in real time yeah, so he, he doesn't have to miss a season. Yeah, a kid. A uh, student athlete has very short time to participate. So, uh, so I'm talking to the PSAL director, and it sounds like you don't have the the authority or the resources to do the things that you would like to do. 
How do we rectify this? Who do we turn to? Who, which doors do we have to knock on? Well, I, I like to think that I'm developing a relationship with the chief and we're working towards that. But I, I want to be considered as an expert mm -hmm. in all matters that deal with, with sports and athletics in, in New York City. I, I, I feel as though... I thought that was the case. You know, you definitely have the, the resume to, to warrant that respect. I do, but uh, people have to know who you are, mm -hmm. you know. So um, I'm still hopeful. Uh, I know that the chancellor wants what's best. The mayor wants what's best. I want what's best, and I want to do what's best. Mm -hmm. But oftentimes, you know, like another, another problem that I have is we have schools that apply for teams and we don't have the we don't have the money to pay for those teams. Hell, us at Wingate would like to add a JV basketball program. This is an issue in the city. So, but we should be able to tell you, says listen, we don't have money for a JV basketball team, but this year, this year, we can give you a JV basketball team. We don't know if we could Sustain it next year, but this year, because you know why? Because we have at least anywhere from 40 to 50 teams that don't participate for one reason or another. School won't field the team in this area. So where does that money go? Yes, for sure. Uh, Without it, question. It, it shouldn't be just black and white. It sh we should have that flexibility. So listen, let me sit down with you, your principal, your athletic director, and explain to you. You'll be able to play this year. But we can't promise you next year. Right. Do you you think you'll do, you'll take up that we'll offer? We'll take it. We'll take that. Of course. We'll take that. As opposed to just leaving this this money here that's unspent. I don't know what happens to it, but it's not used. Mm. And now we have fifteen kids in your school who could be participating in a positive activity without question. And they don't. And and sports is learning. See, because the coach. It's just another word for the teacher. It's the teacher. For sure. And you you learn so many things. Mm -hmm. So why can't we, you know? Uh, this this is really news. Uh, uh, well, Mr. Another, Mr. another example is we had charter schools. We had charter schools like Achievement First, Uncommon. They want JV teams. Yes. So we say, well, we don't have money for JV teams. They said, well, you know, we pay our own coaches. You don't have you don't you don't pay our coaches, so that feed wouldn't be applied. So all we had to do, all you guys had to do is pay referee fee. And if you couldn't pay referee fee, we'll pay the referees. We just wanna be in it. Yes. Why can't I as the executive director make that decision and say, sure. Without question. You guys are do you doing all this? We could put it in writing, reduce it to writing, since we want everything legal. That okay, we let you. You're gonna feel the team because you're gonna do it. You agree to pay your own coaches. You agree to pay the referee fee. So what? What, what does it cost? It doesn't take anything out of our budget. It's just common sense. Right. I often wondered with the PSAL, is it just too big? Too many people? Too many? Chiefs to really move and make changes. No, well, it's. It, I don't think it's too many. I, I just think 
we really need I've been there four months. And in my four months, I know what needs to be done. I could see what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Well, because of my bad, I was only a basketball coach. I was an assistant principal, an athletic director, college level, an athletic director in, in high school. Uh, and that's one thing I wanted to highlight. Principal. The, the first, yeah, the first podcast. Not only have you done it on the basketball side, but... On academic side, also rising to the rank of principal in this very city. So you've seen it from the education side and the athletic side. I was excited about having you in that position. Not only that, but you seem to be assembling a team around you. Coach Moore and Coach Allen, people that have done amazing things with the sport and in education in the city. Yes, uh, we're we, we developing a, a, a tremendous team. And I'm, I'm happy with the direction of that. But um, I just want... You know, if I got an opinion, listen to my opinion. For sure. What, what I have to say, instead of just, you know, oh, no, we can't do this, we have to do this. Uh, I'm telling you, it's no way in the world that we should have teams, especially the situation. I know a charter school is a charter school, is not a public school. But the, at the end of the day, they're our kids. For sure. They're our kids. They live in our city, and they want to be a part of what we have. And why not? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's no obstacle. What what, what obstacle could it be? I, 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 it's beyond my comprehension. Mm-hmm. I can't understand why we can't. I was in the in the military. You know, um, I was an assistant coach at Brooklyn College. I'm assistant coach now at Wingate, and you know, I, I feel like my duty is to to support our leadership. You know, as a lower listening soldier, as an assistant coach. Our job is to help support uh, those that have the position of power to to move mountains. And I would ask you, uh, Mr. Haskins, because again, it's not about whether we agree or not. I don't get into that. I get it. I, I see a man who has done great things in the city and who wants great things for the city moving forward. And I would ask, like, how can we help? us coaches, us parents, us teachers that believe in you and your team and we believe you guys may be the right people to change this city for the best, even if it means unpopular decisions at times, how do we assist you? Well, if, if you look at the city and you look at the nation and you see people with the strongest voices are unions, our coaches need to get together. Now, they have a football coaches association. New York City? Yeah. PSL? Where, where they meet. They meet on weekly on their own. New York City High School Football high school Coaches. Basketball football Coaches Association, where they meet on their own. Now, basketball coaches don't. And one of my problems is, is that basketball coaches don't talk enough. And we have a lot of guys that come from both sides of the street. They know what it is to be in the streets, and they know what it is to be in education. Yes, sir. So now we have to separate the two. Now, I've been coaching over 50 years, and I could say that never have I been associated with a basketball game where kids who play for me were involved in a fight. Okay. But we had that more and more. I, I, this is our first week of league play, and we had a fight at a big game in Brooklyn. We had a fight at a game in Man in Manhattan. The only the only common thing I could say is coaching. Right. 
is how we teach our kids. Now, the, the, both teams in Brooklyn, those guys, those, they do amazing jobs in their program. But it's something that's disconnected where it does not translate to the players, where we could play hard against and play smart and compete. And be tough. Without. And be tough without, mm-hmm. with, without it becoming to that. How do we unify those coaches? And how would a union help serve? I think you'll need to get together and, and talk. Uh, how and does that help serve the city? It, it helps serve the city because everything starts. Everybody's looking at these guys. Mm-hmm. You know, we have kids that come to games, and they think that, oh, that, we're supposed to be tough like that. If, if God pushes me or fouls me hard, I'm supposed to punch him. No. That's why you... I used, I used to tell my guys, when you foul somebody hard, don't wait for the referee to say you did it. Raise your hand. Say, yes, I did it. And another thing I used to see, if you knock somebody down, pick them up. Pick them up. They said, well, why do that, coach? So you can knock them down again. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And they, they, they know you do, you're not doing it in malice. It's just a part of what happens. Mm-hmm. You know? It's not knock them down and stand over them. And, mm-hmm. you know, we got, we got kids. We got Coaches with tremendous talents do tremendous jobs. We we have players, and they can't they can't think that that's that's it. So, Mr. Haskins, what do you want to see happen next? Just for the overall sport of of basketball here in this city, you had your vision of a realignment that wasn't able to go through. Where are you now turning your focus? What, what would you like to see happen happen next? I, I like to see uh, – I haven't received any calls yet. I've been at several games. I've been at about 50 games already. Mm-hmm. But I have yet to receive a call or any of my uh, borough supervisors receive calls about could you critique my game? What did you see? Can you give me any feedback? N- none of that. And that's what we should have. We we got to have start having those conversations. Uh, ask coaches before the game. If, I, I'm, if my team's competing against your team, I'm the home team. I'm going over to you, and we're gonna have a conversation. I don't care if we just talk about isn't the sun, isn't it a beautiful day, or whatever. But my kids are gonna see me talking to you, and we laughing, and we you know. And then when the game starts, it starts, and then at at the end of the game, we're gonna greet each other, mm-hmm. good game, and we're gonna move on. Can that come from the top, Mr. Haskins? From, 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 I'm, I'm starting with you. You know, we last time you were on the podcast, we talked about buddy coaches mm-hmm. and creating that type of culture. When can we start to look forward to that type well, of role? The, the conversation is coming from us, and we're talking. Now, with the baton, if I pass you the baton and we in the lead, and you just stop and look at the baton and don't know what to do with it, you have to do something so you could pass it. So it starts with a conversation. The conversation has started, mm-hmm. you know, and, and this is we reigniting the conversation by us talking about it. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about uh, uh, your basketball czar. Mm-hmm. You know, since we're now talking about uh, coaching, your basketball czar, Dwayne Tiny Morton. Mm-hmm. This is a man that's done everything in the city. I think he's won nine city championships as a head coach at, at Lincoln. He's been on the AAU scene, 
Hell, one of his athletes was the star of a documentary, the subject of a book I have up here. He's put players in the NBA. Three of his players. He's done it all. Mm-hmm. When can we see, like, if, if he put together a meeting and invited people, they would all show up. You know, when are we going to start to see from him, hear from him? Like, when you talk about coaching in the city, you have perhaps one of the most historic and accomplished coaches in the city. We don't hear see from like, why is he not leading the way? Or what? what is his role? I just asked you 10 questions in one, but go for it, Mr. Askins. He, he has that role, and he's being coached to move in that direction. Okay. Because some could say that wasn't that wasn't that wasn't a part of who he was, but it's a part of who he's going to become. And trust me, that we him <laughs> and I we always had that conversation. So people have to understand; they see who you are, but until they talk to you, they don't know who you are. See, that's why I have respect for you because I I, I consider you a truth teller. Mm-hmm. And you said that hasn't been who he is, but we're working towards that. You know, many people may. Uh, charge Mr. Morton with the culture that exists amongst basketball coaches, the lack of unity, the kind of cutthroat nature. Many would say he's responsible for a lot of that because of the things that went down in Lincoln and some of the transfers they think he snatched from other teams. So I respect you for saying that. You know, that's not a part of him, but we're working towards that. And I think he's, he's making strides. Uh, and and he knows he's aware of those shortcomings, mm-hmm. you know. But uh, that's what practice is. Mm-hmm. Practice is, is is muscle memory. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to get his muscle memory. <laughs> without question, without question. So as we look forward, we like to see a little bit more unification from the coaches. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that will contribute to us being a better uh, city. We need to get you in a position where you are respected as a, a, a an expert and you have the resources and the tools to do the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. So an, another one, another thing that's important to me that I, I coaches, they need to tell their story. I'm, I'm a storyteller. While in Brownsville at, at Brownsville Collaborative Middle School, giving out turkeys with the police commissioner, uh, a deputy inspector, McCall, came in. And he's not a sports guy, but he's friends with Kenny Kings. Okay. So, Kenny Kings was the subject of the Soul and Hole documentary, Historic, right. and I believe he's now working as an assistant at Thomas Jefferson under Lawrence Bud Pollard. Well, he has his own program now at uh, school, uh, middle school. He's a middle school coach okay. in uh, uh, downtown Brooklyn. And... and um, well, guy, he said, well, I grew up with Kenny Kings. And he said, well, he, he, he made soul in the whole popular. So, <laughs> so I, I, I said, listen, as a 19-year-old, I was one of the founders of soul in the whole, the original soul in the whole. A basketball tournament? Yeah. A basketball tournament. Wow. Well, well uh, we were tired of going up to the Rucker. Why, we, why can't we do this in Brooklyn? And which park was that again? 44, PS44, okay. soul in the hole on Madison. And 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 my so one of the older guys said, "Listen, man, we go up to the Rucker, but a lot of people don't know that the first Rucker game was played in Kingston Park, when Hokum Rucker was the park man in Kingston Park. Mm. So 
He's a Manhattan guy. Right. But he started what he wanted to do in Brooklyn. Like Michael Jordan started what he wanted to do in Brooklyn. He <laughs> yes. had to come here to be born. And then he took it up there, you know. So, but talking about Deputy Inspector Sewell, you look at this guy. He's a deputy inspector, dressed with prompt and circumstances. But you couldn't look at him and see that he's from Tonkin's Projects. <laughs> right. You know, so, and him and I, we got in a conversation, and he started talking about, you know, the PAL, what it meant to him, and and community policing. I said, well, real community policing is in the community. Mm-hmm. The school is the community. Why can't we take your community policing program and put cops to run programs in schools. Right. That to me would be cost effective and would open up some of our schools. And police officers would have an opportunity to show who they are, tell who they are, right. and really intertwine with the community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I Mr. mean. Well, Mr. Hassel, you talk about the storytelling. You're right. There are amazing stories in the city, from the coaches to to the young athletes. You know, human interest stories galore. But uh, and this is one of the things I want to ask you about. PSAL social media last post was February 2021. Where do we tell the stories? So, How? And this is what I'm saying. Why haven't I been asked, Coach? You've been there four months. What do you see? What do we need to do? We need a sports information director, a dedicated sports information director where we could put up a web page and we put up information. Without question. You know, uh, and one of the things I want to push is athlete of the week, player of the week, player of the month, all those kind of things. Now, you don't have the resources to do that right now? No, we we work. We we, we working on doing all those things. But that should be posted on our website. You know, we should have a dedicated person. We shouldn't have to jump through hoops. We should, we should have a dedicated sports information director at the PSAL. I mean, we, they, we have a lot of positions that aren't filled, that don't need to be filled. To me, it's is, is basically a waste. It's wasteful. Mm-hmm. And if we, if sometimes... The chance is saying we need to reimagine, and that's good. Mm. But with the PSL, we need to imagine. Imagine if we had a sports information director, what it would mean. The story's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, people would send stuff to them. When's the last time we had an all-city team? When the newspapers folded covering covering uh, high school sports? I mean, that was a, an important topic. If you made all city, oh, I made honorable mention all city. Yes, Those things are memorialized. So, so that's what we need. Uh, one of the other things I'm working on is a PSAL alumni association. Mm-hmm. Where we don't, we don't need, we don't need you to bring your money. We just need you to bring you and your story. Yes, you know to come and be a part of where you came from. So, Mr. Haskins, walk me through, I guess, I'll say this. Have you expressed this stuff with the powers that be? 
in in somewhat, but if you have to have an audience. You, I mean, a lot of things you could say uh, they say, but if I'm who you say I am, I did what you said I did, mm -hmm. and if I'm so revered in this city, not in the city, in this nation. Yes, sir. Why can't the conversation come to me? You're there. What do you think? What can we do? Hey, the bottom line is to make things better. Mm -hmm. And I know for a fact, I know for a fact that the mayor and the chancellor, they, that's all they're about is being able to make things better. So when you have agents, people put in place, allow them to help you. Mm -hmm. Allow them to help you. Yeah. I was I was preparing for this podcast. I started looking at some things from when David C. Banks was uh, appointed, uh, and and also May, when Mayor Adams appointed him. Mayor Adams said, "Bureaucracy that has professionalized failing children." They kept talking about the bureaucracy and eliminating it. David C. Banks eliminated five executive superintendents. He's like, "There's so many people here. But what are they all doing?" David C. Banks talked about 120 families just leaving the city completely, leaving the public school. What are they doing to help rectify this? And if you have people in your your organization that are willing to do good work, like you got to give them the tools. Well, to say that the mayor and the chancellor is not doing, I, I I'm not qualified to say that because I don't know. We don't know. I don't know what was happening, but I feel I feel so positive that they are moving to make things better. You know. At their level, coming from where it's coming from, it may take time. See, I'm 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 instant. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't. I'm, I, my grits, my grits <laughs> is done. I'm five minutes grits. My, my grits is done in five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, but th to me, this conversation is not about sports. This is life or death. If these schools are not functioning at their highest capacity, we talking about lives. You but, know, and the mayor and the chancellor, they need. To be aware, this is the biggest public school athletic league in the whole nation. We got all type of sports. So many people are counting on these school buildings and these teams, right? If these kids don't have places to go after school, like, it, 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 these are safe havens. Well, sports is life and death. It is. It, it, it is life and death. It, 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 it shows you how to live and navigate a positive life before your death. You know, I mean, that's inevitable for, for all of us, but we want to make contributions. We want to make contributions for the betterment of whatever we, we're involved with. And, you know, I'm still very excited about this position, and I'm still hopeful and optimistic that I'll be able to move Mountains. Yeah. We don't have to move mountains. <laughs> we, just, we, we just have to, to uh, I mean, we have a lot of good people that work at the PSL, but they don't, they don't understand. They're on a team, they don't, but they don't know what it is to be on the team. Mm -hmm. They don't know the honor. They don't know what, what tryouts. Right. They never went to trials. They were just put down. <laughs> you yeah. know, when you try out and you make the team, that's a feeling of accomplishment. Right away. Yes, sir. 
You know, so we, 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 they they need to understand that. You know, mm-hmm. everything is not black and white. Everything is not by by the rules mm-hmm. because a kid didn't fill out his, his, his the application for the fall for, for winter sports. Then they can't participate. Yeah, take another application. Yeah, yeah. Do do it correctly. Come on. Another thing we have fifth year students. Fifth-year students, to me, means a little different. If you're in school five years and you haven't played those other four years of eligibility, why can't you play that fifth year if, you know, everything is correct, your age? Because I always look back at one of the greatest fifth-year stories in the city's history, Sam Perkins. He went to Tilden High School for four years. Right. He went up to moved up to Albany, New York, went to Shaker Heights, and they gave him a fifth year. You can't tell me, nobody could tell me that Sam Perkins that left Brooklyn, New York, was going to be recruited by the University of North Carolina and had the career that he had an NBA. as a college player, as an NBA player, as as a human being, if he wasn't allowed that fifth year. So fifth-year players, they are in school for four years, and for whatever reason, they end up being and, in school for a fifth year. Yeah, and and now more than ever because of the because of the pandemic. Pandemic. With that. Now more than ever. But doesn't the PSL have what's called pathway leagues, so those individuals could go play over there? But why I gotta go to a pathway? I'm a good student. Why I gotta go to a pathway? Why why I can't stay here in my neighborhood? Go to my neighborhood school. Pathway students are students who. Fell down along the way, right. Right. for not just one year, for several years. And who has the power to change this? The PSL should have the power to change that. Without question, PSL. That's where that's where it should be. Mm-hmm. We should have that power. We should we, we should be able to look in. Not just everything is straightforward, black and white. If you do this, do that. No. Mm-hmm. What role does principals play? In this whole uh, public school athletic league equation, because I hear about PSL administrators, and then we always talk about the coaches, and I feel like the the principals are or uh, should be in that structure also in that hierarchy, but they're never really discussed. Well, the the, the principals are very important, and only only on the high school level. Do they have athletic directors? Mm. So like the president of the United States, he has an ambassador in each country. And that ambassador tells him or deals with those concerns that brings it back to to us about what should be done. So on a high school level, they have the ADs. Middle school, elementary school, they don't have ADs, so they don't have that kind of representation. But principals in some schools, a lot of principals don't understand, for one reason or another, how important extracurricular activity and sports are. They they did they, they don't. And as a former principal, I had what we call a galaxy, where our monies are put, where X amount of money for teachers, X amount of money for this, X amount of money for books, equipment, or whatever, X amount of money for student activities. Right. It's how we spend that money. A lot of principals think it's folly 
to spend money on athletics. They Without question, Mr. Haskins. They don't understand. So many of my athletic directors talk about having no budget. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, literally, we don't have a budget to get our team from here to Staten Island to play. See, so the most important person for your program is the PTA president and the parent coordinator. The PTA president, the PTA is the only group or body in the school that can raise funds legally. I don't know if parents are as active as they once were. But, but Mr. Haskins, let me ask you. It's a conversation. Without question. Do, does each school have a PSL budget? Does the PSL give money to each school and the principals, are they just like holding it? Where's, where's the money? They don't have, per se, a PSL budget. But they have student activities money mm-hmm. that they choose in their own discretion how to spend it. So what do you say to the coaches that are hamstrung by these principals? They can't move because these principals just are not giving them the resources to succeed. Well... A lot of times it's important to find out your alumni. Like I had an important alumni when I was at Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Guy by the name of Al Porter. He owned businesses. He owned a lab. But he went to Hamilton. Yeah. He played at Hamilton. I made a connection with Hamilton. He said, well, coach, let me know whatever you need. I said, well, we like to travel. Uh, we need uniforms. He had... He, he, he had us, our warm-ups were made, tailor-made warm-ups, mm-hmm. s- sewn from scratch. Uh, we went on to D.C., Baltimore, uh, Camden, New Jersey. He paid for the buses. Right. You know, those kind of guys. Uh, Brother Johnson. But a lot of these people, don't, we don't have that network. No, yes, we do. We just have to find out who. We have to find out who. Who went here? Why do we have to go outside of our schools? But why not? It's not working in the schools We gotta make it work It's up to us to make it work If it's not working for you in the school Then you gotta go out to school But you gotta make it work You got athletic directors that are not getting any budget from their principal That's How are they supposed to do their job? I'm like how do you guys buy uniforms? You got coaches coming out of their pocket Like the mayor, the, the, the chancellor, the principals Like why are we not all on the same accord? Nothing? Mr. Haskins? You a coach Yes sir you have a coaches association? No, sir. They have a voice. You would have a voice. Mm. And that's your voice. Your voice is many, not one. You're just one guy complaining. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm quite sure. I mean, the chancellor, with the advent of email, is not one message that can't get to the chancellor, can't get to the mayor, can't get to the police commissioner. But 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 you need a, a united front. <laughs> you know, I'm with so, you. I'm with you. I'm with you, Mr. Haskins. And and you know what? That's something I talk about often on uh, the podcast. You know, a lot of people. The culture is now basketball is life. But there's other aspects that uh, will contribute to kind of elevating uh, basketball. And part of that is building a community. When I was the head coach at Long Island University, I was the president of the Metropolitan African American Coaches Association. Mm. It was African American Coaches Association, but we had white coaches, we had blue coaches, we had Hispanic <laughs> coaches. Anybody could be a part right. of what we were doing. And our coaches need to unite. I mean, we, we need to talk, man. How could you play a sport? How could I see you? You over there, I'm over here, and we don't talk. 
we we got to talk. We got to communicate. What do you say to the coaches that say this is a full-time job? There's no time for that. I got to win games. Always, I got to win a championship. It's always, it's always time for that. Let's, let me tell you something about this. You always got time to develop a friendship. I, be, I belong to a fraternity, Omega Sci-Fi fraternity. And our motto is friendship is essential to the soul. Mm. You know, oftentimes, you, more times you need a friend more than you need relatives because you could choose your friends. <laughs> yes, sir. You, we don't choose our relatives. They just happen to be there. Mm. But you know the, the value of a good friend. Mm. No, you might not tell your brother, you might not tell your cousin what's going on in your life or what you need out with, but you'll tell a friend. A good friend, yeah. And that's one of the things that we build with team building, that those guys, my players, they're still friends today. Right. High school, they're still friends today. When they get together, you would think that they haven't been together in seven years. Or you would think they were just, they was hanging out yesterday, the way they talk, the way they greet each other. And that's part of building a team, of building, building individuals, making our students better people. Mm-hmm. You know, you make them better people, and the better, if they become better athletes, that's just a bonus. But being better people is more important. Mm-hmm. We need to build a community. And we got to start somewhere. That community can help us create leverage so we can get the resources from our principals, get the resources from our city. That's something I talk about often on the podcast. I think um, that leadership from your generation, like for, for whatever reason, it was fractured, it was broken, it was lost. And that type of stuff doesn't really exist today. On our last podcast, I loved when you talked about you worked as a uh, camp counselor so you can build relationships with other coaches and you ended up having a relationship with the great big John Thompson at Georgetown. Like, I, I, for whatever reason, a lot of our coaches and our parents, their mindset isn't there. It's just about wins and losses today. Bob McCaleb, you know who he is? No, sir. Coach of Davidson, Stephon Curry's coach. Okay. He used to coach Long Island Lutheran. Okay. High school in Long Island. High school yep. in Long Island. We, we played them. Every year we scrimmaged them, we played them, and him and I, we developed a friendship, a coaching friendship. While competing? Of course. Okay. <laughs> of course. You know, we even talked about how, oh, I like how you ran that play. I like how you did this. We, we had those kind of conversations. Now, uh, and he's in Charlotte, North Carolina. CIAA tournaments in Charlotte, North Carolina. I went to Shore University, and Shore University was looking for a site to practice on during tournament week. Mm -hmm. They called over to Davidson College and asked Bob, he's the athletic director, do you think we could use your facility to practice? He says, no, we don't have no space. So the coach told Somebody's story. The coach was Cleo Hill Jr. He was coaching at Shore University at that time. And he told a friend of mine named James Lipskin. And James Lipskin said, man, when you call Bob, why didn't you tell him that you knew Ray Haskins? He says, well, I'm going to call back and see if that way. He called. And Bob said, man, why didn't you say that from the beginning? Come on over and practice. That's because of relationships. relationships. Yes, sir. And I'm saying we got to make those relationships. I'm with you. I'm with you, Mr. Haskins. 
I'm, I'm with you. You know, if anybody has ever heard my podcast before, you know, that's why I'm at today. Community building, you know, that is invaluable. It is a tall task today. The current culture, the current climate, everybody's cutthroat. Everybody's out for self. And I wonder if we'll ever uh, get there. And while we're trying to get to that position, kids are going to fall by the wayside. People are going to be left behind. Speaking of practice, when I knew you were coming on, I asked a lot of my coaches, athletic directors, what should I ask the PSAL executive director? And one issue a lot of schools are having is uh, practice time. In order to practice, there has to be a school permit in, you know, for school safety, after school activities. Well, if you got one gym and three teams or four teams, you got the varsity girls, you got the varsity boys, you got the JV girls, the JV boys, there's not enough practice time. Is there any way to mandate coaches to extend the permit? You know, you got coaches who are not being able to make their hours because they can't get in the gym and practice. Like, we've literally taken food out of people's mouth. Like, how do we go about rectifying that if we're in a building with limited gym space and all these teams got to practice, all these coaches got to work? That's physical practice. Now, I understand that. Nothing takes place of a physical practice. But there's board work. What's the IQ? Does your team have an IQ? Do certain things they should know. Every, every, every basketball player should know. The first rule of basketball, whether you're on offense or defense, whether you're Chinese, Japanese, Nigerian, the first rule of basketball is always see the ball. Mm -hmm. And if you give an IQ test, if I come and ask your players that, and they don't know the first rule, then they, they automatically the test stops. Mm -hmm. So some some of those things we could do on the board. Some of those things with as far as responsibility and drawing this and drawing that. Right. You know, I I, I know uh, is important, and that's why one of the things is develop a relationship with your local middle schools where you go and. and do a practice or do a clinic or show them what, what practice is. So, so those kind of things. We got, we got local recreation centers. Mm -hmm. we, we, we have all those things that might be able to. Now, you see, you can't talk to me about practice because I coached at Alexander Hamilton. When I coached at Alexander Hamilton, we didn't have a gym. Mm -hmm. So we had to go from pillar to post mm -hmm. to try to practice. And Still had one of the best programs in the city, mm -hmm. in the nation. Mm -hmm. So I know. guess I was more shooting at uncooperative principles again. Well, once once again, is I'm almost every school in the city of New York has a CBO, community based organization. Yeah, they have permits, mm -hmm. and you piggyback with them, you partnership with them. Fair enough. You make them a part of your program. Anything that moves in the building has the potential to be a part of your program. Mm -hmm. Janitor, <laughs> everybody's a part of your program, and, and, and you let them know. Yeah. Without this, man, we really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. hey, here's his T-shirt, or here's, you know, mm -hmm. have all the guys. Man, make sure you speak to Mr. Johnson. Mm -hmm. yeah, he may be, he may be the, 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 the janitor, but we can't get in if you don't open the door. Yes, sir. Yes, so we, we got everything's relationships, and, and they, they start seeing that, and then 
when they go away, they go to college. They know how to speak to people. They know how to value people. Mm -hmm. That's all a part of, of, of what we learned, you know? We were talking about adding teams, and that option is not always available. Sometimes you have to tell schools no. One school, I got some teams this year, was Transit Tech. Added a varsity football team and a JV football team this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was also a donation by the New York Jets. So they, they received $100,000. Well, the New York Jets, New York City schools fall under their umbrella. New Jersey schools fall under the umbrella of the Giants. Okay. And each year they will select a, a team or a facility and send funds to or redo the field, mm -hmm. those kind of things. So that's what it took for Thomas Jeff let I me mean, excuse me, Transit Tech to get a new football team. Yeah. So and they don't have a field, but 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 they have a team. And also look at football. How many how, how many high schools we have? We only have fifty seven football teams. Mm. You know? How did that come about? The money from the New York Jets. Somebody had to petition. Some, there's a relationship somewhere. How does that come about? They have a, they have an ongoing relationship. The New with York who? Jets oh. with the PSL. Sitting so the New York Jets, the New York Giants, the New York Knicks, the New York Nets. They live in this city and they are partners. Mm -hmm. And they do a uh, they do a lot of things that people might not know about. But they're here. Have you been a part of some of those deals? Yeah, I was. I, I was at the Jets when we, we, I was at the Jets Stadium uh, when they gave the check and took pictures and gave helmets and everything. Yeah, I saw the, you trans, the Transit Tech. Yeah, but, but I'm thinking like if that's what it takes to get a a, a, a new team, like this city might be in trouble. Well, we need a hundred thousand dollars from a professional team. We can't count on that every day. We, no, but we need a lot more than that. We we need we need insurance. Insurance is the big thing. Because remember, football, unlike all other sports, is a collision sport. Yes, sir. You expect people to be injured. You expect them to be hurt. Mm -hmm. Like basketball is a contact sport, but not collision. Mm -hmm. So it costs a lot more to ensure a football program. Mm -hmm. What's the relationship like with the Nets and the Knicks? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. I'm, uh, I, I have a... Uh, I have a, a podcast next week that I'm going to do with the Nets on history of New York City basketball. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's it's pretty good. Are they aware that the city could use a lot of help? They give a lot of help. They give a lot of help. I've, I've been to. Have you ever seen the Nets have a beautiful facility out in Sunset Park practice facility? I've been I've been there. Yeah, yeah it, I mean it's an amazing facility, but. Uh, Often enough, all we have to do is ask. Yeah. Let's say your, your kids want to go to a game. Call the community relations guy. I want to bring my kids, want to bring my team to a game. Or I want to play a game at your facility before a game. Mm -hmm. So those things do happen. What I want to ask you about. Going back to the realignment, I was talking to a coach. I had him in here. And he was asking, what was the reason? I was like, uh, they want to realign because they're tired of just all these kids want to play for six teams because they get to play in the Barclays or Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. And he recommended, like, why why don't the B Division Championship and the A Division Championship and the AA Division Championship, why don't we all play on one day in the same arena? Because it costs a lot of money, a whole lot of money. 
And um, believe it or not, we had when we play in a net facility, we a sponsor. We need a sponsor. So Nike sponsored last year at Barclays. But Nike's only going to sponsor so much. Yeah. And it's only three sports that they look to sponsor on a high school level. That's basketball, that's football, and track and field. Mm-hmm. No volleyball, no lacrosse, no soccer. Mm-hmm. Those are the sports that, you know, they... What about taking it out of the Barclays or Madison Square Garden? Because the coach who's been there quite a, t- a few times and has won a city championship says it's kind of anticlimactic. You know, it's a big, empty stadium. What coach said that? Uh, Bud Pollard. He played there last year? No. So it's been a while. Tell him we have that conversation when you get back. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but really, it's like early in the day. We don't fill the stadium. It's not like 15,000 when Sebastian but was not, playing. But it's not their fault. It's not their fault. Is because we don't have a sports information director. Okay. We, I'm telling you, sports would be so much different if we had that website and sports information director. It would go through the roof, period. Like this this podcast, you know, the last time I sat down here, I got calls from friends in Australia, Nigeria, Spain, mm-hmm. people who saw that saw this podcast and commented on this podcast. I don't know how they saw it, but they saw it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, so um, imagine if we had a dedicated PSL site where everybody knew to go to, yeah, to get their information. Oh, that, their there's a, there's amazing stories here in the city yeah. and from these athletes and these coaches. And one of the things I'm I'm working on. I want to get Vinnie Johnson back. A lot of people don't know Vinnie Johnson. They don't know his story, his successful story. I don't want Vinnie Johnson to give us a dime. Mm-hmm. I want him to give us a nickel. I just want him to come back and give us his story. Yes, sir. And share it with us. Let those kids, let the kids at FDR know, yeah, I came from here. Vinnie the Microwave Johnson, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people don't, don't know where John, they don't know that John Sally's from New York. Canarsie High School. They, they don't know that Vinnie Johnson. They don't, know that, they don't know that Sam Perkins is from is is, is a New York kid, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, without the realignment, how are you going to measure success uh, after this this first basketball season where you are the PSL executive director? Well. There's certain certain areas that we we know that we have to improve on, and we can measure that improvement. Uh, next year, it's no doubt that we're going to have the the format that uh, we want to put in place. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. No doubt. So again, this first year, how many? How, how are you measuring success? You know. When you when you sit back and evaluate the job you've done in this first year, like what areas are you looking well, at? Su- success is, I mean, how many of our programs have reached out to middle schools? Mm-hmm. I mean, is there some way that we could fund to have PSL come back to middle schools and not just piecemeal, where it could be a regular funding source? Right now, we have money for. 50 middle schools, mm-hmm. 50 girls, 50 boys, to run a PSL program. 
Well, we have thousands. We have a thousand middle schools. Right. So we, we have we have to do better than that. Mm -hmm. That's something I I never considered that that the middle schools are not PSL. Yeah, but, but you can understand the training, the conditioning, the fact that kids know they have to have grades. Mm -hmm. They know what practice is. They know what commitment is. That would make a big difference at the high school, school. level. Mm -hmm. And one one of the problems that we would have in middle school is coaching. But because our varsity coaches, our junior varsity coaches, reach down to the middle schools, now we're developing relationships. So oftentimes a principal might not know where to get a qualified coach. Mm -hmm. But because of the relationships that's, that's developed, here we already got a certified high school coach. We got people on their staff and other, other people who are around, like yourself, who's certified, qualified, and able mm -hmm. with, a, with, with, with a world of knowledge. Mm -hmm. You can't tell me you wouldn't go and be a head coach at a middle school and, and give your expertise, you know? And when we give expertise, we don't give expertise, we give love. Yes, sir. Why? Because this is what we love to do. You, you're here because you love to do it. Mm -hmm. I'm here. And remember, I've been retired for 19 years. Wow. And I just jumped at the opportunity to be able to make a positive impact mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. on this city. Yes. This, this is me. This, this is what I love. So, Mr. Ashton, let's see if we can do a, a, a recap. You are the executive director of the PSAL. You know, in my personal opinion, I believe you are someone that is very qualified to be there. You accomplish a lot of great things. But unfortunately, right now, you don't have perhaps the tools and the resources to accomplish the things you want to do and move in the direction where you want to go. And right now, you're fighting that battle. And in the interim, us coaches, parents, assistant coaches, we need to do a better job of building a community which could help create leverage and make our environment better. Is that fair? That is right on point. Mm -hmm. You know, and um, I know we could do it. Okay. I know we could do it. Because it's a willingness to get things done. Mm -hmm. Once again, I keep repeating this. I mean, the mayor, he wants to do it. The chancellor wants to do it. The police commissioners, all the commissioners, they're out there. They got an active hand. We know who they are. They're in our community. And because of social media, we could reach right out mm -hmm. and touch them with our message. And they hear it. They might not read it directly, but it becomes a, a citizen in Brooklyn said this, 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 and this. Wow. And believe it or not, Chancellor answers his, his emails. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. Well, Mr. Haskins, we appreciate you stopping by. You know, as I said, me personally, I, I, I'm, I'm behind you. You know, and I've you, you said you got you'll answer your phone, you'll answer your emails. And I've reached out and you have. And um, again, I guess it's not about agreeing or not agreeing. I think we have somebody in position that wants the best for this city. And that's all we can ask for. And I'm going to do my best part to uh, be a resource for you and help you go in the direction you think this city needs to go. I want to thank you for always having this avenue open uh, to, to me, to the PSEL, and to this 
student-athletes in the city that we love. All right. That's Ray Haskins. I'm William Holly, WBH Radio. We're out.